can see, I can see the promised land Though there's pain within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry The anthem for all my life oh, Every giant will fall Mountains will move, every chain of the past is broken into all the fear, all the lies, singing the truth that nothing is impossible. Every giant will fall, mountains will move, every chain of the past is broken into all the fear, all the lies, singing the truth that nothing is God good. Boy, I tell you what, that uh, worship service was loaded with the love of God, wasn't it? And you know, I, I know something uh, about God and uh, His working, and that is uh, tonight, I know that there's some of you here that really needed that word in worship about God's love for you. You just needed that. And just before we get into preaching, uh, I think we just ought to seal the deal with that in, in our hearts and lives. And I just want you to bow your head and close your eyes with me. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I know uh, across this auditorium there are those that have just been uh, struggling, wrestling with uh, uh, the uh, revelation and understanding of God's love for you. And I, and I just want to repeat what was emphasized again and again in worship, and that is God. God's loves you. God's love for you is fierce. Uh, it's, uh, oh, how he loves us. He loves us. He loves you. And tonight, I just want to pray over us. Lord, thank you for the power of your love. Thank you that your love is fierce. Thank you, Jesus, that you showed us in a way that we could never uh, deny your love by giving everything. And all that you had, all that you were, you poured out on the cross for us. We thank you for that sacrifice you made. And, Lord, we uh, should never doubt your love. And tonight we reaffirm our faith in your love. You are love. And tonight we receive your love in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Praise God. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Let's thank Him. Thank you for it, Lord. Man, I, I have just been sensing God's love through the day, and that just helped seal some things tonight. Uh, praise God. Man he, man, he loves us. Isn't that good? Wow, that, that was worth the price of admission right there, wasn't it? <coughs> Okay, just before I preach, I've got a, another story, and again, I'm not quite sure if this is true, but I'll let you be the judge again. <clears throat> In the Deep South, there were two hunters named uh, Bob and Fred. They were going out on a hunting trip. <clears throat> they got to where they wanted to go and started walking. About a half hour of walking, <clears throat> they sit down and take a rest, and Bob says, says to Fred, 
I ain't feeling so good. And Fred says, well, you know, we can just make our way on back to the truck. And Bob says, yep, I think I'd, we'd better do that. And so they start walking. <clears throat> About 15 minutes into the trip, Bob falls over. And Fred panics and calls 911. The operator answers and says, 911, what's your emergency? And Fred says, my friend Bob fell over with a heart attack. I think he's dead. What do I do? And the operator says, well, first, make sure he's dead. And so Fred says, okay. And the operator listens, and then here's a bang. Fred comes back on the phone and says, okay, he's dead. Now what? <laughs> okay, moving right along tonight. We are continuing our series, I'm a Believer. I want you to say it tonight, I'm a believer. Now, I don't mind being called a Christian. I, 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 I like being a Christian. I, I don't mind the term Christian, but I, I like the term believer, that I'm a believer. I want to be known as a believer. And then if somebody asks me, well, what are you a believer in? Then I would just say, well, thank you for asking, and then I tell them, we, we are believers tonight. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe that Jesus loved us so much, he went to the cross and shed his blood so that we could be forgiven. We believe Jesus died for us. Can you say that's right? We believe that after he died on the cross and they put him on the t in the tomb, rolled the stone over, three days later an angel came down, rolled the stone back, uh, and Jesus rose again from the dead, uh, and he was seen for about 40 days, and then he ascended into heaven and sat at the right hand of God the Father, and tonight we believe that he ever lives, always lives to make intercession for us. We believe uh, that there is a day that's coming. He has gone before us to prepare a place for us that where he is, there we may be also. And that's some of what we believe in tonight. We are believers. Amen. Say it with me again tonight. I'm a believer. Now, believing is so important. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, it says, But without faith... It is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We must believe tonight, and I, I know we've said it a couple of times already, but I want us to say it again tonight. I'm a believer. Uh, last week I mentioned that, that there is a five-statement declaration of believing that we're using for these, this series, uh, and we can remember them uh, by numbering them on one hand. First of all, God is who He says He is. Secondly, God can do what He says He can do. Thirdly, I am who God says I am. And fourthly, I can do what God says I can do. And fifthly, God's Word is active and alive in me. Now, 
If we believe and practice these statements, uh, the results will be nothing short of miraculous. God is who He says He is. In Exodus 3 verse 14, God spoke to Moses and said, I am who I am. He said, Thus shall you say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Tonight, God is He is the great I am. God is I am. He is to us tonight uh, whatever we need Him to be. And that's what we are believers in. We are believers in God is who He says He is. And I want you to say this with me tonight. I believe God is who He says He is. That is so important, isn't it? Believing who God says He is. Now, God also can do what He said He can do. We will never, and I I wanted to put this up last week, didn't, but I've got it up tonight. We will never have a need that exceeds His power. And so tonight, whatever need that you have, isn't it wonderful to know that we never have a need that exceeds His power. His power is available for us in whatever need that we have. Now, Ephesians 1, 18 through 20, I want you to just look really at this uh, first part of the 19th verse tonight, kind of a little bit of a recap of last week. But it says here, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. I like that. God's exceeding great power is toward us who believe. Now, that phrasing, exceeding greatness of His power, is really just another way of saying His superpower. Now, I've always liked the idea of superpower. I think that's why, and probably most of us here do, like the idea of superpowers. That's why uh, Marvel movies are so popular and have made billions of dollars because people like to see the display of superpower, Superman, Batman, uh, uh, Wonder Woman. And, and we know that and there's a new one out that's just coming out, the Black Panther, superpowers. And, you know, we know that as we watch this, that, we, that, that flying like Superman bullets bouncing off and all that stuff, and uh, we know it's all fantasy, right? All except Wonder Woman, amen, because her name is Cindy. (laughs) Shameless attempt for me to score points tonight. (laughs) I fully admit it. We like the idea of superpowers. Can I tell you something about God and His power? There's nothing fantasiful fantasiful about it. God's power is no fantasy to us who believe. And it is the power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's the same power that stirred in his lifeless body after three days and caused him to raise from the dead. It's God's miraculous resurrection 
power. And tonight, if the gospel is about anything, it's about God's power of resurrection. He can restore and raise up dead relationships, dead marriages, sick bodies. Hey, God, listen, God can even raise up tired, worn out, bummed out, busted, and disgusted church folk. He can do all that. We believe in a God who is, who he said he was, and can do what he said he can do. Say it again. I'm a believer. Now, tonight, believing is fundamental in our lives as God's people. When I use the word fundamental, I don't mean to uh, uh, imply that it is easy because believing sometimes, uh, most times, will stretch us. God calls us uh, to a believing and a faith uh, that will stretch us. And we can grow in our believing. When I was a young pastor, I tell you, my faith was stretched daily. I mean to tell you, it was uh, 23 years old, went out green as all get out. I had only preached one full-length sermon before I went out. That was my farewell sermon at the church that I got sent out of. Uh, all the rest of them had been only about 8 to 10 minutes. I taught some some Bible studies and stuff, but then I had to go out and preach three sermons and one Bible study a week. I had to believe God uh, to give me something that would make sense to people, that would help people. I had to believe Him for finances. There was an eight to nine month stretch there where I ate rice and popcorn. Uh, when it got really tight, I didn't have any picante to put on my rice, it was just rice maybe a little butter and some salt and pepper. I ate popcorn just to have a little something with some crunch instead of just the mush of the rice. But God taught me some things. He stretched me in those days in believing, and I found out that he was our provider. Hallelujah. And I'm not indicating that as I've gotten older that uh, uh, my faith is not stretched anymore, that it's just been all stretched out, and now I, I've got it all down. I tell you, uh, my, I'm still stretched in believing today. Believing may not always be easy, but it is fundamental. It is the core of our lives as Christians, or in other words, it's essential. We cannot live well without believing. And not coincidentally, God and the devil both are targeting our faith because the stakes are so high. The devil targets our faith to wear it down, to tear it down, because if we believe God, then we are going to mess him up and what he's doing. God, on the other hand, is targeting our faith to build it up, and to strengthen it because if we believe him, we are going to mess up the devil and what he's doing. And I, I, got to, I am tired of him messing me up. I am ready to work with God in messing him up some, aren't you? Jesus said the following to 
Martha before he raised Lazarus from the dead. And he said, did I not tell you and promise you that if you would believe and rely on me, you would see the glory of God? See, with God, it's not uh, 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 seeing is believing, but believing is seeing. And as we believe him, we get to see the glory of God. And what that glory does is it changes lives. It changes people. It works in people's lives. It changes us. We get to see God's glory touch our lives, change our lives. We get to see sick bodies getting healed and well. We get to see broken hearts being mended. As we dare to believe God, we get to see His glory, the manifestation of God's presence and glory coming down and touching our lives. And I want to just say again tonight, we're not part of a dead, dry religion uh, just teaching and, and uh, laying out some kind of a rap to, to make people think, oh, wow, that was very clever. I didn't come tonight to just preach and, and teach about something that would tickle somebody's ear. I came tonight to cause us to dare to believe again, trust afresh in a God who is who he says he is and can do what he says he can do. In Mark 5, 36, Jesus said, Do not be afraid, only believe. And, and the cure for fear is believing him, trusting in him. We can dare to believe God. If we believe him, it will cause fear to subside in our lives. And I don't want to be afraid anymore. How about you? I want to be Believing. So say it, I'm a believer. God is who he says he is, and God can do what he says he can do. And tonight, thirdly, God, or I, am who God says I am. Now, this is important for us to believe that we're who God says we are. We are, we are not who other people have said we were. We are not who the devil says we are, we are not even who our own minds may have told us at times. We are who God says we are. We aren't to be labeled by what other people have said we were in our past. And parents or a brother or sister or a teacher or friend, or maybe even somebody we didn't even know that well may have spoken something to us about us that was damaging, that scarred us, and we carried that around in our minds, things like you're dumb, or you're a slow learner, or you're a failure, or you're a quitter, or you'll never change, or you'll always be this way. And there are hundreds of thousands of other things that can play over and over in our minds that are degrading and demeaning, and the devil tonight wants to degrade us. He wants to tear us down in our believing, because if we believe, we'll mess him up. He is the accuser of the brethren. 
our own insecurities may demean and say playing demeaning things in our minds over and over again. But listen tonight, we are not who others have said we are. We are not who the devil says we are. We are not even who our own minds may have played over and over who we are, but we are who God says we are. Now listen tonight, this is not, well, I hope to become who God says I am, or I want to be who God says I am, or like, yeah, right, like I'm anything close to who God says I am, but we are who God says we are. I want you to say it with me tonight. I am who God says I am. That's pretty good, but we can do better than that. I want you to say it with me together. I am who God says I am. That's right. We are defined, we should be defined by who God says we are. Now, I have to pause for a moment as I was putting these notes together. I, I came to a place right here because I, I knew I, I, I would get worked up. And so I had to pause in my notes because I, I, it, it occurred to me that some might think that all I'm doing is, and this is just a motivational speech, you know, that I'm just here like a, it's like a church pep rally or something, that I'm just uh, saying something uh, to motivate. And I do pray that it is motivational, but I'm not just playing Tony Robbins up here tonight. Uh, every day and every way, I'm getting better and better. And, you know, Tony Robbins can get kind of worked up because I believe that he believes in what he's doing. But tonight, I'm not just talking about us tapping some inner resource that we have within ourselves uh, or tap some previously unknown source of power that we have within ourselves. But what I do want to do is cause us to listen and dare to believe that what God has said about us is true and to remember it is impossible for God to lie. So that's, that's what I want tonight. And I'm praying that God helps us to dare to believe we are who God says we are. To be defined by who God says we are. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, this is probably why that song service went the way it did. It says, how great is the love of the Father that he has lavished on us. Don't you like that? He has lavished his love on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Praise God. That is what we are. We are not who others have said. We are not who the devil has said. We are not who our own minds have played those degrading and demeaning thoughts. We are who God says we are. When we receive Christ, God the Father has lavished his love on us and he calls us his children. And that is what we are. That brings dignity, doesn't it? That brings an understanding of our acceptance from him. And that brings an awesome 
an incredible power to know that you're a child of God releases power. It releases confidence. It releases security. It releases an understanding that we are not those old things that have played in our minds, but we are who God says we are, children of God. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 through 8, this is in the Holman uh, translation. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted through Jesus Christ for himself according to his favor and will to the praise of his glorious grace that he has favored us with in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. And here's that word again, that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. Now that's a mouthful. And if we knew nothing else the Bible has to say about us uh, uh, then and just accepted these few truths of who God says we are, our lives will be changed because we are blessed. We are blessed. I want you to say, I am blessed in Jesus Christ. You are blessed tonight. We are blessed in him. He has forgiven us. We we have been chosen. God picked us. I tell you what, that will cause you to have a sense of security knowing that God chose you. We had the decision. We had to respond to his love, but the initiation was within him. We did not come to him just because we got smart one day. That's what one guy told me. He was an atheist. I was witnessing to him on the job in Flagstaff, and he said, well, I won't use the words he used. He talked about my head that used to be somewhere and said, uh, enough said. But basically... What he was saying in cruder terms is, I just got my head together, right? And, and, and I told him, if it were that simple, I would have gotten this head together a lot sooner. The initiation was within God. He drew us to himself, didn't he? We did have a choice. We did have a decision to make. And we came to him, and when we came to him, it was because he chose us. He picked us. We have been adopted. We are part of the family. Say, I'm part of the family. We have been favored. Uh, the favor of God uh, rests on your life. We have been redeemed. That means we have been bought out of sin uh, and we have been forgiven. These things, blessed, chosen, adopted, favor, redeemed, forgiven. Oh, this series is about believing and we need to practice believing who God says we are instead of who we may feel we are. Because sometimes we may not feel all that blessed. I don't feel that blessed today. I don't know about you, but man, I, I, 
I had a flat tire this morning. I just didn't, I don't feel blessed at all. I had a stinking flat tire. I, I don't feel that blessed today. I don't know about being chosen or adopted, favored, redeemed, forgiven. I don't feel much of anything going on. Listen tonight to me. It's so important. We have to practice believing who God says we are instead of uh, believing in what we feel. And the more we believe, the more we become. I'll say it again. The more we believe, the more we become. The more we believe in who God says we are, the more we become who God says we are. Great example of this. Judges chapter 6, God appeared to Gideon, and the first words that were spoken to Gideon were pretty awesome. But Gideon then responds to God, kind of like a lot of us might. Judges chapter 6, verse 12 and 13. Now listen, this is an angel of God appearing to him. And he said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Now that's fairly encouraging, isn't it? And Gideon said to him, oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. You know, when some people say, oh, my Lord, it isn't uh, like, oh, my Lord. It's more like, oh, my Lord. And I think that's kind of the way it was here. Gideon said, oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us? Where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Now, I don't know if Gideon was from the southern part of Israel. That's, <laughs> that's southern, with a southern accent, but in my interpretation tonight, he, he was, had that kind of southern thing going on. <laughs> I mean, really, come on. God, the uh, angel of God appears to him, says, The Lord's with you, you mighty man of valor. And what does he say? Well, oh, my Lord, if the Lord's with us, and why is all this happening? Where are all his miracles? The Lord's forsaken us. Now, this is my point. Gideon's mighty man of valor start was pretty lackluster. <laughs> that word came to me, lackluster, when I was putting it. So I had to look that up. And lackluster, it means lacking in vitality, force, or conviction, uninspired or uninspiring. <laughs> I like that. See, this is God says you're a mighty man of valor. And even though that's who God saw him as, uh, his initial reaction was actually lacking in vitality, force, or conviction, uninspired or uninspiring. But Gideon at that point began to believe and eventually became who God said he was. He became the mighty man of valor that God saw already that he was. You see, when we begin to believe who God says we are, then we become who God says we are. And he did. If you read through The Judges, Judges chapter 6 and the next several chapters, you find out he became a mighty man of valor. Turn that nation around. The more we believe, the more we become. I want you to say this with me tonight. I am who God says I am. And I want to tell you something tonight. God sees a lot more 
in us than we may see in ourselves at the time. He sees potential in you. He sees promise in you. He sees hope for your future. He sees life flowing out of you. You are who God says you are. And then tonight, secondly, we can do what God says we can do. Now listen, to be able to do what God says we can do, we're going to have to believe in Him instead of ourselves. Now this can be challenging, huh? Our confidence should be more God-centered instead of self-centered. Our confidence should be more God-centered than it is self-centered. This is one of the great lessons in believing that God has been teaching me over the years of my life with Him. And as you see me here tonight, just as an example and preaching and going on, I think probably most of you get the idea that I, I pretty much enjoy doing what I'm doing. I mean, I'm having a time tonight. <laughs> I'm loving it tonight. I love the presence of God. I love being able to share what I know the Word of God says about God and about what God says we are. I, I am fairly confident in what I do. But listen, only God and I know what a miracle this is the life that I'm living now and what I'm doing with my life, only God and I really know. Now, I can tell you a little bit about it. In school, I hated standing in front of the class. I was afraid, terrified to stand in front of people to give an oral book report. I took piano lessons and then found out at the end of the piano lessons we had to give a recital. I was so par paranoid and terrified of doing that recital, the teacher understood, and she said, that's all right, Alex, you just come and, and pass out the programs. I was so nervous about standing in front of people, I got sick at my stomach and almost threw up before, and it didn't even make the recital, and all I had to do was pass out the programs. Then I get saved, and God, I felt, start dealing with me about preaching, and my first reaction is kind of like Gideon's, oh, my Lord. Now, our church did, and this was back in the mid-'70s, our church did gospel rock concerts uh, on Friday and Saturday nights to try to draw people in that wouldn't come to a regular kind of church service. And we had people that would come and get saved, and it was a, it was a, a, a great time. And so a lot of us young believers that, that felt stirred to preach were given an opportunity. It was just about an eight- to ten-minute sermon, but... We would get up and preach and then give an altar call, and so I decided to give it a go, and they gave me opportunity to stand up and preach. The first time I preached, went pretty good. I felt good. I felt uh, like something was going on, having some people got saved. But I'll tell you, I, 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 after that, there were several times, uh, a number of times, uh, that I really struggled. I was way too self-conscious. I would fast three days before I'd preach that eight to ten minute sermon. I mean, I'm crying out to God, God, help me uh, move and, and do things. You see, I was more self-conscious than I was God-conscious. 
One time I preached, I stood up to preach, and I, got, I, was, so, I was nervous before. I was so nervous before I even stood up. My mouth was so dry. I, I, uh, I, and any old dopers would know it was like a cotton mouth, like I had smoked a four-finger bag of weed before and just got all dry mouth. I stood up to preach. I hadn't done that. <laughs> I didn't. I got delivered after I got saved, but it was like that. My mouth was so dry. I stood up to preach, and Jesus and would breathe in, and every time I breathed in, it would get worse. And so I began to, and I, I think it was like winter time. Flagstaff gets cold in the winter, but I'm sweat is pouring down my face, and I, Jesus wants to save you, and I, every breath was like terminal to me. It got worse and worse. My top lip started sticking as I'm trying to preach. I'm panicking, sweat pouring off my body. I was so nervous. My bottom lip started sticking. My lips are doing these weird contortions. Some of the people, it was a dark room, a lot darker than this. It was like dark way out there. I could hardly see anybody except for the people that were sitting on the carpet right out in front. And they saw what was going on with my lips. They started laughing. I thought, don't laugh. Pray for me. I mean, my gosh, I'm, <laughs> oh, my Lord, I'm dying up here. So I got finished with that and thought to myself, Lord, if I, I, while I was doing it, I thought, Lord, if you get me through this, if you just let me survive, I, I don't know if I'll ever do it again. But I couldn't deny what I felt God called me to do. And so I did it again. You know, after I preached another time, it didn't go that great. A guy in the church, one of these super spiritual guys, came up to me afterwards and said, You know what, brother? Always remember, God chose the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And I thought, Thank you very much. I knew what he was saying. Man, that was. I was foolish. My dad, the first time he heard me preach, it was one of those short little eight to ten minute sermons. Afterwards, my dad, in, in complete seriousness, not trying, he wasn't poking fun at me at all. He just trying to help his boy out. He volunteered to pay for speech lessons. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> but I did not give it up. You know why? Because I felt like that's what God had called me to do. And over the years, I've learned and I'm still learning to be more God-conscious instead of being self-conscious. And I tell that story to you guys tonight to impress upon you that we are who God has said we are and we can do what God has said we can do, whatever that may be. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That verse means we can do what God has called us to do and become who God has called us 
to become. We can be good parents to our children. We can be good providers for our households or for ourselves and then be a blessing to other people. We can actually be used by God to touch other people's lives. Uh, All of us are not called to teach uh, or to preach. Uh, Some of us are, and if you're just uh, beginning or or feeling stirred in that, let me encourage you. If God's called you, uh, you can become who God's called you to become, but there are lots of us that aren't called to teach or to preach. We're just called to be a Christian. And you can be the Christian. You can be the man or woman of God that God has said you can be. You can live an example of a Christian life to where people look at you and say, there's a man or there's a woman of integrity. You can be a person who touches others' lives with the grace of God and with the love of God and get them saved and helped and healed and encouraged. Somebody came to Jesus, a group of guys came to Jesus and said, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? And Jesus answered and said to them in John 6 verse 29, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. And the work of God for us tonight What God's job for us as Christians is to believe. We are who God says we are, and we can do what God says we can do. There was a uh, uh, guy that got saved just a month or two after I did in Flagstaff. His name was Bill Trujillo. He went on to be with the Lord several years ago. And Bill, when he got saved, was a gutter street alcoholic. Lived just off of South San Francisco Street in Flagstaff in a little hovel of a place. And he was just, uh, you'd see him just passed out, literally. In fact, the night that he got saved, he was just laying laying in the gutter, drunk. Guys in the church pulled him into a van and began to share Christ with him. He prayed with them, but he was drunk as a skunk, and they gave him a, a flyer from our church. The next day, he had a vague memory of what had happened. He came out to church, and he made a genuine and sincere uh, decision for Christ. Now, Bill had sniffed a lot of glue. He drank a lot, and he, was compl- he had messed up his brain. He had had a, an accident, and he had uh, brain damage. He could not carry on a, a converse, a, a, an intelligent conversation when he first got saved. He, he, too many brain cells were messed up, and, and he would start a conversation and then switch in the midst of it, and you'd think, man, am I just not paying attention? No, it's just that he couldn't carry on a conversation. But I tell you, the grace of God touched his life, saved him, and began to heal his mind, and, and he... Uh, Felt like God wanted to do something in him. God maybe could even use him. And God stirred him to take a flyer from our church. We were going to show the old movie that Johnny Cash made with Billy Graham called Gospel Road. And we had a flyer for it. And there was a, uh, a drug addict that lived next door to Bill. And he had seen him. Uh, he was living with two girls. And uh, Bill thought, ah, you know, I, God need, wants me to go and invite this guy out to church. And so he goes outside. He goes in front of his house. And he had a little fence out in front of his house. And Bill is there on the sidewalk pacing back and forth with his flyer in his hand. The guy on his porch had a bowl of weed and was rolling joints, looking at Bill pacing in front of his house. 
and he thought maybe this guy just wants to come and bum a joint off of him. But finally, Bill got up the courage. He opened the gate, walked up to him, put the flyer into his hand, and said, God told me to give you this, and turned and walked away. That's all he did. That guy looked at the flyer. God had been, Bill had no idea what was going on in his life, but God had been dealing with him. He came to church that night with one of the girls he was living with, and they both got S-A-V-E-D, saved. Amen. The the other girl, a couple of weeks later, she had been a backslider, knew all that was going on, but she was resisting. Two weeks later, she got saved. And this guy went on to be raised up in ministry, went out and pioneered churches throughout uh, the United States, into Australia. His name is Larry Huck. Sometimes you might see him on TV with his wife, Tiz. And they preached the gospel, touched literally uh, tens of thousands, possibly hundreds of thousands of lives. But it all began with a guy named Bill Trahill that dared to believe that this former gutter street alcoholic was who God said he was and could do what God said he could do. And I want to encourage us tonight as I'm closing right now, dare to believe God. Dare to believe God. You are who God says you are. And you can do what God says you can do. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. And tonight, we are who we are. We become who we are by the grace, by the empowering of God. And I want us all to say this one last time before we close in prayer. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. Let's say it one more time. I'm a believer. Amen. I believe you are. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes tonight. I preached a little longer tonight than what I normally like to, but I just could not help myself. <laughs> Amen. We're going to pray right now. If you've never given your life to Christ or you've been away from him, and you say, I, I want God's forgiveness over my life tonight. I dare to believe that he did it for me. He died for me. Would you slip your hand up and just indicate by that hand lifted up that you want prayer for forgiveness of sins before uh, we close this service out tonight? Praise God. God bless you. Amen. Praise God. I want to encourage us all. We're all going to pray together, and I want you to just, every one of us, to pray this prayer. We're going to pray a prayer of forgiveness, but then also we're going to declare that we believe who God says we are. Let's pray together. Would you all just repeat this prayer? Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I ask you to forgive me. For all of my sin, come and live in my heart. I give my life to you. I believe you are who you say you are. You can do what you said you can do. I am who you say I am. And I can do what you say I can do. I believe in you and your presence and grace and power working in me. I can be the man or the woman that you've called me to be, and I thank you for that. In your wonderful name, Jesus, Jesus, amen. Would you give him a big clap offering and thank him? Thank you for it, Lord.
Thank you for that. Praise God. I, I just pray tonight that we dare to believe that. And the next, uh, next Wednesday night, we're going to have a special, it's, it's uh, Valentine's Day. We're going to have a special Valentine's Day themed night. And this is not just for couples, for all of God's people. We're going to talk about the love of God. Rosemary Adams is going to share about the love of God that night. And then the following Wednesday night on the 21st, I'll be preaching part number three of I'm a Believer. I pray tonight that every one of us carries out of this place a sense of the power of the love of God over our lives. He loves us so much, loves us so much. I want you to say, I know God loves me, and I'm thankful for that. Amen. God bless you. God love you. Be friendly with each other.